It sounds like we really believe that. It sounds so good to hear that. And it feels like, yeah, like we really believe that. And that's, a, that's, a, that's such a huge thing right now, you see, uh, you know, because we really need to. So many, not, not just for you, man, not just, it's not just important that you believe that. It is important to everyone around you that you know that, this, that you believe this. Otherwise, you're just faking the front over and over and over again. So many people, man, are waiting to see. They're watching you. They're waiting for you, man, all right? Because there's so many people around us that need us to truly believe what we were just saying, what we were just singing out, or what we were just reading, so many people, man, they, they, they need us to believe this. So many of our friends, so much of our family, they need us to, 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 to believe this. Right? Last week, we shared with you that nobody in here is untouchable, right? Nobody out there is unreachable, right? Nobody anywhere is unlovable, amen? But the question is, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? That's why we're here. That's why we're here, Amen? That's why we're here, man. That is exactly why we're, you see, this church exists, all right? This group of people, this gathering of folks right here exists to make it easier for people to know Jesus Christ. That is why we are here. We are here to make it easier for people to know Jesus, not to get them all, you know, like just like all excited about, you know, church and, and the songs and the, and the preaching and, the, and the, this person and that, but, but to lead them, all right, to a growing relationship with Christ, Right? We're here. We exist to make it easier for people to know Jesus Christ. Why? Because there are a lot of people who do not know that they can know Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people who do not know that they can know Jesus Christ. And you know them. There's, some of them are your friends. My friends. Your family. My family. They don't know that they can know Jesus all right? And whether they know it or not, man, all right, they are relying on your faith. Whether they know it or not, your friends, man, your coworkers, your, 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 your family, whether they know it or not, they're relying on your faith, man. Do you really believe this? Do you trust it with your life? All right, because, and I'm here, if you just show, snuck in for like a free show or whatever, I'm going to give you something. <clears throat> Don't lose this right here because this is everything right here for today. This is what we're talking about. A person can be led to radical change, all right, by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's say that again. A person, all right, your friends, your family, the people who are around you can be led to radical change. By friends, by you, who have the courage enough to be radical in your faith. Now, this word radical a lot has been a buzzword politically and, 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 and then culturally across the world. You know what? I hate it when people ruin good words. You know what I'm saying? I hate it when people ruin good words because, you know what? To me, I want to be crazy, mad crazy about my faith in Christ and, and I call that, just, back in the day, we just called that totally rad. You know what I mean? But, but you know what I mean? But that's just, that's just where I want to be. All right? Now, check this out. All right? I, I, got, I brought some help today. <laughs> All right? Um, I don't know about you, man. Is anybody getting allergies like crazy? 
it just started hitting me um, like uh, a couple weeks ago. And like all you guys on this side, this side is like totally blurred. So I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's even here over here right now, but there's some stuff moving around. But I got you guys, right? If I got to do this, ah, there you are, right on, praise the Lord. <clears throat> so I brought these to kind of help me out, all right? All right? But again, a person can be led to radical change by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith. Let me just, let me just ask you this. How many of you got an I got you? You're like, what? How many of you got and I got you. You know what an I got you is? It's when that, that homegirl, that homeboy's like, I got you. You know what I mean? You show up and you say, eat, and you're like, dude, I totally forgot my wallet. Yeah, I got you, man. Well, I'll get you back. You ain't got to give me back what are you tripping on unless you just forgot it on purpose, all right? You know what I mean? So it's like, I got you. You know what I mean? It's when, it's when you start showing up, coming up a little bit short in life, you got this I got you person who's got you. You know what I'm saying? I got a motorcycle lift in my garage right now because a homeboy said, I got you, all right? He's going to let me borrow it. I'm hoping he forgets about it. But anyways, all right, I got that. All right. But he's like, but then I'll give it back because I got you too. All right. Anyways. All right. But, but, but how many of you got that? I got you. Is it where that, that person, when you're coming up short in life, not just financially, but in, in any other area, when you're coming up short in the day, all right, they're like, I got you, man. Or when you're coming up short in life in general, man, it's just getting hammered from all sides. They're like, I got you. You see, every one of us here, we need an I got you. You know what I'm saying? And every one of us here need to learn how to be a better I got you. All right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. This I got you. About being that I got you. All right? It's that, it's that person who has your back no matter what. Even, even, if, even, if, even when you're not looking or, or even asking. In church world, it translates like this. Let me just make this a little bit easier. All right, you're going to look at this statement. You're going to be like, that doesn't look easy. All right, in church world, it translates like this. It's basically the faith of a friend for a friend and in a friend, even if that friend doesn't have faith for or in themselves. All right, did you get that? That's an I got you. All right, in our world, in our context, in the church, and I got you, first and foremost, is right here. It's a faith. It's a faith of a friend. My faith in Christ. My, my faith in his glory and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your faith in the glory and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right? That's going to step in. All right? For a friend. And even have faith in that friend. Even if that friend doesn't have faith for or in themselves. Amen? A while back, I had a brother. No, I still have him. But I mean, one of my brothers was doing amazing, following Christ. Amazing, man. He's, we were talking about the dreams that we have for ministry. All right, we're actually living it right now. It's just pretty crazy, and there's so many, so much more to come. All right, but we would talk about this stuff, and it would just, we just light up, man. We, you know, for the glory of the Lord about what God's gonna do, and we just had these great conversations. And then all of a sudden, he had to go and handle something. All right, and then uh, you know, just kind of, kind of leave town for a minute, and then he didn't come back for a while. And he got caught up, and he got caught up in drugs. And he started hitting pretty hard. He got stuck on heroin, man. And he just started just trashing his life. And, and you know, I, I went after the brother, you know, a couple times. Like, hey, man, you know what I mean? But, but he just wasn't feeling it. He wasn't having it. And so I needed to step back and just start praying for this brother. And start just coming before God and just saying, look it, man. And just really having these crazy prayers for this bro. And my message to him was, I'm still here, brother. I'll be here. Let me know 
you know, when you're ready, just say when. After about a year and a half, this bro comes knocking at my door. He says, man, I'm ready. I need help. And he was just tore up, just tore up. So Debbie and I were like, man, we need to do something. We need to get crazy in this guy's life. So we got a fifth wheel. We put it in the backyard and we let him live there. And we tried to nurse him back, his mind back to health, his body back to health, and definitely his relationship with Christ. <clears throat> we tried to nurture that. And there were times like he was all about it. And then there's other times he's like, man, back up. You see, because sometimes we just get caught up in the moment and we, and we need people to talk to God for us, all right, when, when we either can't talk to God or we just won't. All right, people need that friend, that faith of a friend. They need you. They need me. You have friends, man. You, you can name them right now. Some of you have actually already started thinking about some of these friends. You have friends right now, man. They're just dying to know Christ, and they don't even know that they are dying to know Christ. And you need that faith, man, that faith of a friend, that faith of a, of a sister, of that faith of a brother to just set them before God, to set them before Jesus and just kind of just stay there for them and not leave, right? Because a person can be led to radical change by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith, amen? Hmm. I feel like allergies give you a really cool voice. You know what I mean? Like, it's really strong. What's up? Excuse me. I'm talking to you about Jesus, all right? You know, so I need to have, maybe this allergy season will last. It does have its benefits, I guess. Amen? So, so anyways, <laughs> sorry if I'm loud. No, I'm not. Um, we're going to talk about an old school story where four friends cared about this guy enough to just interrupt their day and even to get even more and more crazy as they took this guy to go and see Jesus. They heard about Christ. He was starting to get popular on the scene, right? These stories started going around, and they, and they wanted to take his, their friend to go see Jesus. And when they got there, there was this huge obstacle in the way. And they could have made all kinds of excuses to say, you know what? You know, they could have said anything. They could have had so many excuses. We have so many excuses sometimes. But they didn't let that obstacle stop them. And they got pretty darn radical in their faith, all right, in order to get this friend before Jesus. It's a pretty amazing story. We'll check it out. Let's pray. Father, we give you, an all, we give you all the honor, Lord God. We give you the glory, Lord. And in the name of Christ, Lord, we, we pray, Father, for, uh, for understanding. And you would help us, Lord God. Understand in Jesus' name. And help us act, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in Luke chapter 5. We're going through the book of Luke uh, here at the church. Um, we're going to be, we're, we're, gonna, we're camped out for a while. So if you ever don't know what to read and you're opening your Bible, you're like, I don't even know what to read. Go find Luke and just start reading anything in there. All right, we either hit it already or we'll be hitting it soon. All right, I'll give you some stuff to read at the end of this 
uh, sermon, and uh, and we'll check it out. And so here we go, man. Here he is. All right, uh, you know, and it's, it's, he starts off with one of those days. It's kind of cool. Uh, Luke is just, you know, he's, he didn't write everything there was to write about Jesus. John said we wouldn't have enough room on the planet for that many books. All right, but but so he just says, hey, well, there, here's this one thing that happened. One of those one of, one of those days, he was teaching, and he was teaching inside of a house, and people just started just filling the house, packing the house. Some were all the way out the front door. Some were out the back door. Some were looking through the window. He was just surrounded, and he was teaching. It was some good stuff, obviously. And it said, and some Pharisees and some teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea um, and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And, and this is in Luke. This is our first, our first account where we're actually going to start seeing some negative reactions from uh, these Pharisees except for, you know, where, how they were with John, but he didn't even, he didn't mention them with John the Baptist. But, but we're going to start seeing some negative reaction. Now, now, the Pharisees didn't start off that bad. Quick brief history on the Pharisees, all right? There was a time that the kings just started, well, it was forever history of, 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 of Israel, where kings just started getting corrupt and more and more corrupt. But then they kind of went outside the family line of David, and they started just putting these other kings inside, inside there. And, uh, and they started working with Rome, and it was just this craziness. And there was a group of people, right? Because the Israelites were like, you know what, man? We follow God, man. And, and God says, this is not the way we're supposed to do this. But they just did it anyways. Well, there was a group called the Essenes, and these guys said, you know what? You guys are on your own. We're going to surround ourselves, all right, in, in, in the word of God. And we're just going to kind of, you know what? You just, we're just going to separate ourselves from you guys because you guys are going to hell in a handbasket. Well, another group, these guys called the Pharisees, says, well, wait a second, who's going to show these guys what it looks like to pay attention to the, to the word of God and the law of God? We need to actually stick around here, stay in the word, and show the community what it looks like. And it started off pretty good, but then they started getting carried away with themselves, and they started adding more law. I mean, they, they started reading the scriptures, like kind of saying, like, God, this isn't enough. We need some more, so don't worry. We got this. And they started writing more and more what they called oral tradition. And then they started just focusing mostly on that and not so much the word of, the God, word of God. And they started challenging people. They started getting really carried away. There's another group with them called the teachers of the law, or else you'll see them called the scribes. And these guys were basically the hype men for the Pharisees. Yeah, you go, guys. You know what I mean? They were basically, yeah, here's what it says. Yeah, he's right. He says this, all right? And they would actually keep the word and keep the law, all right? But they weren't really, they were more about, again, the oral traditions. And they were the ones who were going to really take you to court, all right, because you were not following the oral tradition, uh, let alone the word of God. And so these guys started getting twisted, and they're, and they're all showing up there to hear Jesus teach, not because oh, they want to learn from Christ, but they want to see who is challenging their authority in the community. Who's challenging our authority? Because we're the, we're the teachers around here. What's this guy doing? And it says, behold, verse 18, behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him, I love this, I lay him before Christ. Now, I don't know what the scene was before this. I don't know what life looked like for this guy, but he was paralyzed, man. So he wasn't moving much unless somebody helped him move, right? And back in this day, you know, a lot of paralytics and people who are just diseased, and we, talk, we talked about a little bit of it last week, you know, people who are just, you know, just coming short in life didn't have a lot of I got you's. They didn't have those, I got you. They says, I got you, brother. We'll take it. Well, basically, the most you were going to get from anybody was like, hey, well, we're just going to set, you know, Uncle you know, Pete out here in front of the, in front of the, uh, in front of the, um, 
in front of the temple, all right, just ask people for money and we'll come and get you when it's dark, all right? That was basically it. That's all they had going for them. But this guy had some I got you's, man. There's some brothers that they, they came and, and picked them up. Four guys, one of the other gospels say there were four guys, picked them up and they wanted to bring them and lay them before Jesus. That was their desire. All right, we heard he's over here. He's not too far. We're gonna go over here. We're gonna check it out. You come, you know, you're gonna help. You're gonna help. We got this. Okay, bro. <laughs> I said, are you coming? You're going no matter what. All right, and so we got you. All right, we got you. And they took him. But when they got there, man, they were kind of just confronted by a scene and an obstacle. Check it out. It says, and it says, but they didn't find any way to bring him in because of the crowd. In verse 19, basically the house was packed. And they couldn't get this guy in. And they could have, rightly, man, they could have said, you know what? It's packed in there. We'll try another time, bro. You know what I mean? And the letdown, imagine the letdown of the guy on the mat, if that's what they would have said. We'll try another time. There's just too many people, man. But these I got you's were like, man, they loved this guy. How many of your, how many of your friends do you actually love? Think about that. How many of your friends do you just really, we say I love you today and we just toss it around like it's, you know, a condiment on a sandwich, you know what I mean? You know, but, 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 but how many of us, of us really, really, truly, how many of us have friends that we really, really love? Family that we really, really love. And what is, what is the greatest thing that love can provide in one of those lives? It's to do what these guys are doing. Help this guy bring him, bring him to Christ and set him before the Lord. And I know these guys really loved them because when they saw the crowd, it didn't inhibit them, all right? Back in those days, most houses were two-story houses, but the top story didn't have walls or a roof. Literally, what you had was a house down below, steps along the side of the house, and basically a patio on top. And so these guys, you know, quite naturally, rolled up the side of the house, went up onto the roof. It says they went up on the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. These guys were crazy. These guys went up on the roof, man, all right, and they just started digging a hole. They didn't bring tools with them. They didn't expect to do this, all right? But you know what? These guys, you know, they, they just started just tearing holes in the roof, all right, and moving these big pieces out. And imagine, you know, Jesus is teaching down there. It's like right now, we're all teaching, man. Say, we're all here, man, and we were listening to Jesus. See, he, would be in, he wouldn't be up here. He'd be in the middle of the crowd. He'd tell you guys to step back a little bit so you can all hear me. All right, maybe he would be up here, and, you know, basically, and I'd be hiding in the back somewhere. So anyways, you know, so, so, so he, but, but, but he, would, he would be up here, and we'd be all gathering around. And imagine it was so packed, man. Easter, yesterday, last Easter, it was so packed in the second service. It was amazing. All right, but imagine Jesus, all right, was teaching, and then all of a sudden these, these little dust particles start falling from the roof. And some of you guys would be distracted, but he just kept teaching. You know what I mean? He'd keep on teaching, more dust. All of a sudden, dirt clot, bam, ah, you know? You know? <laughs> Gets hit with a dirt clot, next thing you know, man, there's daylight coming through. Why isn't Jesus saying anything about this? You're, you're thinking, right? And all of a sudden, man, you see these guys, man, they, they did some kind of just kind of rappel line for this guy and just kind of just lowered him down. Right, they, they just had right in front of Christ. We got to imagine people getting out of the way. Why didn't Jesus stop him? 
And it's pretty awesome, the scene that's taking place. And it says that they, that they led him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. They bought him, brought him before Jesus. Now, what does that look like today? All right, because now I know, I know a lot of people right now, you're thinking, man, I didn't know somebody's roof. I wouldn't mind tearing a hole in, right? You know, what does that look like today? You know, what does it look like? I'm going to just put it to you this way. What does it look like for you to bring someone you love before Jesus? Like, in other words, there he is, Lord. There she is, Lord. What does that look like? Well, I've told some of you this story before, but I love repeating this story because it's so amazing. It was a young kid uh, years ago when I was a youth pastor down the road, all right, and, uh, and he was trying out for football, big old guy, right? He was trying out for football, and he went to go get his physical, all right? And uh, when he went to go get his physical, uh, the doctor's like, wait a second, your heart doesn't sound that good. Matter of fact, it sounds kind of bad. We need to send you to the hospital. So I sent him to the hospital, 18 years old. Sent him to the hospital, right? And they went to the hospital, and the doctors at the hospital were like, put this guy on a plane right now. His heart is getting ready to explode, 18 years old. And he threw him on a plane. Oh, not a plane, a helicopter. Blasted him down to the Heart Institute down in Phoenix. He calls me when he gets there, and he's like, man, can you pray for me? He's asking me to, to set him before Jesus. Do you get it? to set him before Jesus. But this is so huge, I realized I needed some help from some other friends who actually knew this kid and would pray with me and set him before. I needed help putting this guy before Jesus. And I started phone calling my friends who knew him, all right? And I was like, man, I need you to help me bring this kid before Jesus. And we joined together and we started praying and praying and praying. And it was crazy because when they got him there, they took pictures of his heart. They did whatever they do to see his heart. Took some pictures of his heart. Took pictures, you know, of, of, of the monitors here. And when he got there, like, this guy's dying. That leading heart specialist, while we were praying all through that morning, comes in, checks him out, put, starts scoping him, taking a look at himself. And he's like, wait a second, I think you gave me the wrong kid. And they're like, no, 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 this is the kid. It's this guy. He's like, no, 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 what you're not understanding. The heart I'm looking at now is not the heart that I see in these old pictures. It's not the, it's not the, the monitor. It's none of this matches. And I'm looking at a brand new heart. And what was crazy, he said that. And what was crazy is what we were praying for, me and my friends, we were praying, Lord, give him a brand new heart. Father, will you please just give him a brand new heart? And it was kind of, it was pretty dang amazing. All right, we, we were literally called to tear the roof off. Who do you know, all right, that will help you tear a hole in a roof, all right, to get someone you love to Jesus? Who are some other I got you that are gonna help you get that cat? Do you guys know any roofers? You need to know a roofer who's especially good at tear off. I'm not even kidding. That's what we need. That's what we need. Because a person can be led to radical change by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith. This young man is living on the, on the East Coast now, and he, he, he contacts me regularly. I hope he's watching today. All right, he contacts me regularly, and he's probably got like 500 kids now. He's doing great, all right, literally. Um, he's doing really great, man. His family's growing. He's strong in his faith, following Christ still to this day. And this was like over maybe 15 years ago. It's pretty awesome. Because a person could be led to radical change by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith. Amen? 
And, then when he, and look, look at Jesus. Look what happened here in verse 20. When he saw their faith, he said, man, basically, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, if we're following along, we're probably thinking, you know what? Wait a second, man. Wait, hey, you didn't ask for that. They're asking for something different right here, right? They let uh, this guy down. I mean, you could have did that. You could have just yelled that out the window. Right? What do you mean, man? My sins are forgiven. You know, but, 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 but here, believe it or not, everyone needs to hear this. Every man, woman, and child on the planet needs to hear those words from Christ. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to somebody who's just going through stuff. Or people that I've met who are in therapy, more in counseling. Or, or in recovery, people I've met who are in recovery. They just carry around this huge weight of guilt over it, just, just, just hammering them over and over and over again. This heaviness, man, that's just all over them because they know in their mind that they have hurt family or, or betrayed family or failed family and friendships and acquaintances. They know the damage that they have done and have been doing and maybe are still doing. They need to hear, they need to know, and they need to trust that their sins have been forgiven. All right, you got to roll with me on this right here, that their sins have already been forgiven. The sins of yesterday, the sins of today, the sins of tomorrow, they need to know and they need to trust that because of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of our almighty God, all right, because of this, man, they need to know that their sins have already been forgiven. Amen? They need to know this. Nikolai Kamara, this old, this, this, this guy, back in the day, man, there's, there's this guy, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Nikolai Kamara, all right, but um, his, uh, his description of himself, he, he used to love, he'd take pride in describing himself as a man without a conscience, all right? A man without a conscience who, who didn't care, you know, who he hurt. Right, and then, and then, and this is during a time when, when Christianity was outlawed. All right, and the KGB man was just running around, just just rolling people. All right, who were claiming Christianity, they're catching people, handing out Christian propaganda, all kinds of stuff. And a thief, man, if you're a thief, you get some serious time just for thieving. And, and this guy Nikolai got caught stealing. All right, and they and they threw him in prison. And while he was in there, he met some Christians. So men who are just, just crazy about their faith. And I say crazy, how can I know? Because it was illegal to be a Christian and now they're in prison, all right? And they're being tortured and beat down and treated horribly because they're not giving up their faith and they're just continually, and every time after they've been beaten and, or, just, or just treated miserably, they would gather together and they would pray together and sing songs of joy to Christ. And Nikolai was tripping on this. He's like, what's going on with you guys? Why are you like that? And a couple of these guys said, basically said, I got you. And as Nikolai shared, sat down to share his story with him. All right, one of the guys said this. He says, he says, he says Nikolai, he says, what is the value of, 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 of a lost gold ring, of a gold ring? What is the value of a gold ring when a man loses it? He says, well... 
Somebody lost it, somebody finds it. It's still the value of that gold ring. And this guy tells him, and I just kind of wrote this down because I didn't want to mess it up. He says, a lost man, even one who is a thief or an adulterer or a murderer, has the whole value of a man still because the son of man died on the cross to save him. And they said these words, and it changed Nikolai's life. You see, God loves you, Nikolai. You're valuable to him. Your sins are forgiven. You only have to believe. You see, you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the authority to say this. With all assurance and all conviction, we have the authority to say your sins are forgiven. And see, a lot of people, man, you know, in Christian world, in church world, you know, just, just Christian people are afraid to say that. Actually, so many don't believe that, that you know what, that, that you know, somebody has to ask for forgiveness before they get their forgiveness. No, Jesus said it is finished. He paid for our sins. We have the authority, again, with all assurance and conviction to, to share with somebody we love, to share with people we don't even know, all right, to tell them that you're, so without discrimination, your sins are forgiven. And challenge them. Now it's up to you to believe and act on that forgiveness. Amen? You see, the cross and an empty grave, it's our proof. Not just because the Bible says, but because history proves it. Not just because the Bible says, but because history proves it. it it's... it's Okay, it's 2,000 years and one week after Easter, and guess what? He's still risen. Amen? And your sins are forgiven. There's some of you here right now that need to hear that. Your sins have been forgiven. Will you accept that and quit trying to talk yourself out of it? But there's resistance, and there always is resistance, right? It says, and the scribes and Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? All right, they're true in their, you know, in their question, all right? But this blasphemy, all right, blasphemy is a serious charge back in this day. It, you know, it, it brings with it the, 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 the um, uh, death. You, you have to pay with death. That's all you, can, that's all you got, all right? Because somehow you have violated God's majesty, all right? And so uh, they may have not been wrong with their question, but their motives are way out of whack. And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them and said, why do you question in your hearts, all right? What is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to rise and walk? Why does he ask that question? Because Jesus is leading them to a greater reality. Yeah, he's a great teacher, right? Yeah, he's a prophet. Yes, he is a great healer. But he is not just a teacher, he is not just a prophet, and he is not just a healer. I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. He says, I'm trying to uh, here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. Oh, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man, all right, and said the sort of things like this that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher if it were not true, right? All right. He would be either a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. 
You must make it. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him. You can kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He did not leave that open to us. He did not intend to. Amen? And then he proves it. And then he proves it. All right? He says this, but he says, but that you may know. Look what Jesus does. He knows exactly what he's doing. Man, he's a straight gangster. He says, look at this. But, but, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority right here on earth to forgive sins. He said, pick up. He said, rise. He said, he said to the man who was paralyzed, rise. I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately, the guy did exactly what Jesus said. He got up picked up his bed, and he went home. But he added something. He went home glorifying God. You see, Jesus does what only Jesus can do. He claims the authority of God because only he can say that. He claims to be God because only he can say that because Jesus is God. And check this out. In an amazement, amazement seized everybody who was watching, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we've seen some crazy stuff today, right? What have you seen? What's he showing you? The greater miracle is your sins are forgiven. You understand that? And, and, and for you to be the I got you in somebody else's life, to lead them to Christ, because only Christ can forgive sins. You can tell them your sins are forgiven, but only Jesus, it's not you forgiving their sins. Get out, get them, get out of the middle. Your sins are forgiven because of him. Because he already did that. Now, this is a big deal. But it doesn't always go well for the I got you's, right? It doesn't always go well for us sometimes, man. Because sometimes they're like, well, you know, they're probably not going to be my friend anymore. You know what I mean? I just don't know when is a good time. It's just kind of busy lately, you know? I don't want to look like a hypocrite. Well, the only way you can look like a hypocrite is if you are a hypocrite. Just putting it out there, all right? You're saying, all right? So, all right? And so, so, so maybe you got work to do. I don't know. But sometimes there's more to be prepared of. We have to be more prepared because sometimes that I got you has to give a little bit more. Nikolai's story isn't over. You see, he, he, went, he went, he got out, sold out for Christ, got involved in the church and started moving the church, got real attached to the pastor and was really, really close with the pastor of that underground church. And one day the pastor got arrested and they challenged the pastor. <clears throat> and they said, look, we're, we're gonna kill you if you don't give up the rest of the church, the names of everybody in the building so that we can go and get them. Pastor said, I'm not doing that. And they realized they weren't getting anywhere. The pastor, so they went and arrested Nikolai because they had an idea that they were, they were buddies. And they brought Nikolai in. And they said to the pastor, if you don't let us, you know, if you don't tell us, we're going we're gonna to take it out on him. And he's like, Nikolai's like, don't say a word. Don't say a word. 
You know, the, 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 the pastor said to Nikolai, what should I do? And he said, be faithful to Jesus Christ. Do not betray him, all right? Uh, and, 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 to, and I am happy to suffer for the name of Christ. I got you. Don't give them up for me. And the guy, the, the guard said, look at it. If you don't give them up, we're going to cut out his eyes right here in front of you. The pastor cried out, Nikolai, how, how, you know, you'll be blind. How can I even watch this? Nikolai said, he said, he said, with a strong and this loving, I got you voice. He says, when my eyes are taken away from me, I will see more beauty than I can see with these eyes, for I will see the Savior. You remain faithful to the end. I got you. They cut out his eyes right in front of the pastor. And then they weren't getting anywhere. And they said, look, if, you know what? We're going to cut out his tongue next. And the pastor just started sobbing uncontrollably, uncontrollably. What did Nikolai do? He yelled from the top of his lungs, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And then he said, I said the highest thing, the words that I can say. If you need to cut out my tongue, go ahead and do it. I'm done. And they did. And Nikolai died a martyr's death by saying, I got you, pastor, and I got the church. It's just, don't give him up. What, ex- what excuses do we have? I make up excuses all the time. I am with you. I know that maybe I'm the only one who does it. Okay, maybe you guys got this whipped, all right? So I'm just gonna kind of bare my soul right now, all right? Because sometimes I make excuses. I'm busy. This is a really good movie. I want to pause it. They might, you know, what are they going to think of me if I, if I do? My question, what are they going to think of you don't? And they know you're a Christian. They're going to think I'm a fanatic. I might lose my friends. They're going to think we're a bunch of fanatics and stuff like that. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm, what are you going to do about that? I want to challenge you to something that, I, that, I, that every once in a while I like to share with you guys and just kind of bring it back because it's just kind of a simplistic way of being a blessing to your friends and to your family. And it's just called bless. All right, if you can remember the word bless, you can be able to remember, begin with prayer, listen. I'm going to go through this in a minute. Begin with prayer, listen, all right, eat, love that, all right, serve and story. Begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and story. And it goes like this, man, because we all have friends that we want to bring before Christ. And it doesn't begin with you just going there and slapping around going, why aren't you going to church with me today? Pastor's got some things he wants to tell you. Maybe he's got some things he needs to tell you, homie. Back up. Begin with prayer, man. Ask God, all right? Ask God, who are you calling me to? All right, who am I, am I neglecting to bring before you? Who is this right here, man? And I know that it is just my responsibility, all right? You've laid it on my heart to bring them before you. And write their names down and start to pray for them over and over and over Again, and when you come, when you're with them, don't start preaching to them. Don't start coming down on them. Don't start trying to boost yourself up by saying, you know, I've been praying for you because you really need it. All right? No, don't even go there. When you come come in, when when you see them and you're around them, listen. 
don't talk. Listen. And you're listening for, not just to, you're listening for their struggle. You're listening for their pains. You're listening for any emptiness in their life. And you listen to their life, for their life. You listen for their life. And you ask questions with that. And sometimes, man, we just, we, we need to get, we need to set with them. All right? Invite them out to eat. Invite them to eat or a cup of coffee. All right? This is my favorite. All right? I love eating food. All right? And, and you know, and it's just fun. I mean, but you, 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 there's a lot that takes place across the table at a meal together. Sit there and eat with them. And it's not, what I like about that is, is you know it's not going to be quick. You've devoted yourself to some time to listen. Sitting builds relationships. So sit with some people. And then serve, man. I, I want to tell you, if you listen to people, all right, and you eat with people, they're going to tell you how you can love them. They won't necessarily say, hey, this is how you can love me, bro. <laughs> I've not met many guys that actually told me that. Um, but you'll, you'll hear it if you're listening for it. And when you know how to love them, well, you'll know how to serve them. This requires you to give some life away. Right? This is what it requires. Jesus gave his whole life away. We should be able to give some life away. Amen. And then in that, now you can share your story. When the time is right, now we can talk about how we have overcome struggles or we're getting through the current struggle that we're in right now or we're preparing for a struggle that's on its way and how Jesus has changed our life. You and I, we have been captured by a story, his story. We need to look for the opportunity to tell that story. Amen. Bless. Begin with prayer. Listen. Eat. Serve. Story. Because a person can be led to radical change by friends with the courage to be radical in their faith. Amen. Here's what we read today up here. I'm going to put it up there real quick. Read Luke chapter 5, verse 16 through, verse 17 through 26. You check out our work. You can check out your own work, but all, all ultimately trust his work. Amen? Praise the Lord. Love you guys.